people awakening mm-hmm. to their own mm-hmm. role here as watchers, guardians, teachers, healers, new world teachers. And even if they think they're not, the, that's who I attract. So people that are watching this show are those people. Okay. Um, what do you, what do your mobs say to them? What's okay. the message? The message is go out and do what scares you the most. Right. Courage. Courage. Just do it. Just it'll do be it. uncomfortable. It'll be scary. It'll be awesome. And you might fail. Oh yeah, well, so what? Well, let's hope you fail because you learn so much when you fail. Yes. You exactly. learn so much when you fail. And you get up and you just do it again. Yeah. But yeah, take the thing that scares you the most because that's what'll keep you young at heart. It will empower your spirit and you'll meet such amazing friends and people that will change you and together you change the world. So it would be God and do this. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello everyone, welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. So great to be with you again. This is the last show before we wrap it up for 2018. I've squeezed in another delicious, fabulous, cosmic goddess oracle for you today, Barbara Jean Lindsay. Welcome to the show, Barbara. Barbara Uh, Jean. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. It's a total honor to be here. Thank you. (laughs) Look, I have to say, one of my listeners who has joined us in the Inner Sanctum, Cat, Catman, Uh, sent me a link and said check out this lady she's amazing and I did check you out and um, and we were already friends on Facebook which I don't know how that happened I might have friended you you might have friended me who knows (laughs) don't you love that and you have a fascinating story a fascinating you're a wonderful amazing woman actually let me just uh, get through I mean read your bio so people know a little bit more about you Barbara Jean Lindsay is an internationally acclaimed psychic author spiritual teacher and inspirational speaker. She is certified in firewalking. <laughs> I love that. Instructor, certified medical hypnotherapist, Qigong, me- medical practitioner, level two Reiki initiative, ordained 25 interfaith minister, certified hospice caretaker, and sister of Avalon. Darling, you've done it all. <laughs> you know, you haven't been sitting idle. In 1989, Barbara Jean had an extraordinary near-death experience. After a full body channeling with an ancient Egyptian being, her lungs collapsed, collapsed, killing her in front of a live audience. Over the next few days, she fought for her life on the physical plane, spiritual planes and beyond. Really, you're fighting on other planes as well. Oh, I'll have to talk about that. Barbara Jean's story, journey, and transformation are chronicled in her autobiography, Dying for the Light, and her latest book, Seized by Skekmet. Did I get that right? Sekmet. Setmet. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Sek, 
Met. Oh, I got Correct. it. An yes. ancient Egyptian goddess revolution, which is fascinating. You sent me both books and I've looked over both of them. So the Sekhmet book is different stories from different people who have been, who have encountered Sekhmet. Yeah. Right, right. So it's fascinating, fascinating. Uh, published in uh, August. It's only just come out in 2018. Her next book, Ambassador of the Light, is an innovative guide in the search of truth and knowledge for our ancestral galactic connections coming out in the fall, or the fall in the US, which will be our spring. <laughs> we actually don't call it fall. We call it autumn, <laughs> which will be our spring 2019. Barbara hosts a weekly radio show called the cosmic oracle on revolution radio every friday from 5 p.m pacific standard time to 7 p.m where listeners who have experienced something beyond themselves from extraterrestrial to ufo to, to the spiritual like altered states of awareness or out-of-body experiences can call in and share their stories barbara gives free psychic readings to her callers <laughs> And she's also available for private readings via Skype or phone. She's the dean and the founder of an esoteric university and online mystery school for metaphysical studies. She's also sponsored and facilitated the annual Heart of the Cosmic Woman Conference, a gathering for women that empowers, inspires and heals women through celebrating the goddess. And you've been doing that for over 15 years. She lives with her sister and little dog, Mary Margaret, in Northern California, oh, where she pursues her passions. Arts, history, UFO, ET research, antique collecting. I love that cabinet for those people who are on yeah. iTunes. You can't see that beautiful cabinet behind her. And she still loves nachos. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Just had some last night. <laughs> oh, Don, you've done it all. I tell you, you're... There's so much to talk about. Where do we start? Look, we're going to start with the NDE because this is amazing. Obviously, you've chronicled that in your book, but the people are fascinated with um, mm -hmm. near-death experiences. I don't think this was your wake-up call because as you were doing it, you were channeling. You are already, you know, doing. So it wasn't your spiritual wake-up call. What was your spiritual wake-up call? Um, I, I really think it was my spiritual wake-up call. I, oh. But before that, I, I think it was I was married and doing all the things that all my friends were doing. I had the house and the kids and the husband and we had the vacations and I had all the stuff and I had a, a business. I was an interior designer at the time and I had a fine art gallery, you know, and I was just having it all. And all my friends said, hey, you should be happy. But I wasn't because uh, I had all this stuff. And so I went searching. And uh -huh. how it started is I went and I met a, a lady who was a potter, wonderful lady. And I said, you know what? There's something about you that's different. What is that? I get that from people now. But at the mm -hmm. time when I asked her, she says, well, you know, Barbara, I'm a psychic. And I go, oh. I was a Catholic at the time, you know, and I go, oh, it's the devil herself. Oh my God, you know, run fast, run, you know. But I thought, okay, well, how could someone this sweet and this kind and this loving be that evil, right? right. So I got past that conditioning. And um, so she gave me a free psychic reading. And I went, and I went, I didn't tell anybody, <laughs> you know. And I went and I had the reading. And in the reading, uh, 
they knew things about me that no one could know. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how did they do that? I want to learn how to do that. So I started attending the next week psychic school, a local uh, psychic school in Sacramento. And uh, the rest is history. And about two years into it, into becoming a, a psychic minister is when I had the near-death experience. And that's when everything opened up, everything. So you're in your 20s or 30s then? I was 37. Right, 37. Okay, well, let's get into what happened when you were, so it says that you were channeling. Um, yes. Or w were you on stage talking to people doing a channeling? No, what happened is uh, the day was a really strange day. And when I went into the building to be with the women, about 35 to 50 women, they're all psychics, uh, psychic students or teachers. I was, I started feeling a lot of pain in my chest. Uh, I was born an asthmatic. So I was I'll use like just take an inhaler and I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Oh, see, they say that's, yeah, that's a whole other story, right? <laughs> but, right? But you learn how to be in, when you're asthmatic, you learn how to be in between worlds and get comfortable with that. And every other moment you could be dying. So you look at death and dying, you build a relationship with death and dying. So uh, through asthma, I think, and being separate from other people, you learn how to be okay with that too. So it really, the asthma was a great teacher in a lot of ways. So I'm walking to the room and I start feeling all this pain in my chest, so much so it felt like a thousand knives hitting into my chest. And when I did, I passed out. Now, I don't remember what happened, but all the women, I talked to a lot of them afterwards and the story goes, they lifted me up into a chair and I was bent over. And when I lifted back up, Another, I was channeled a, a being that was a male voice, and he said to the women in this loud voice, I am from Egypt, and I am going to kill Barbara. I'm going to kill her now because she has information that can't be given at this time. And he collapsed both my lungs. So they called the ambulance, and the ambulance came through, and they gave me the, um, you know, mouth to mouth. and uh the those defibrillators and all of that but while they were um working on my body and trying to keep it alive i as a spirit popped out mm -hmm. and when i popped out i went to a whole nother place <laughs> a whole nother dimension and i was there in a coma for three days so so where did they, you go i had the best time <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to come back. You know? I, I can imagine. It said that you were um, you were struggling to survive in the physical life, but also in these other realms too. So what was happening? Where did you go first? Where okay. Well, it it what happened was first of all, I I was able to come back into the body just for a second, into the back of my eyes and scan the audience and see their horror, but the pain was so excruciating, I popped out. And when I popped out, there was no pain, no, no sense of, of body at all. And I found myself floating in this undulating warm water. It's just this beautiful liquid love light of water. And I was like, I was so loved. I came from love. I am love. I, a part of this love and it was intelligent and it was beautiful and it was 
it was everything I could ever imagine of love. And I'm a very loving, giving nature, nurturing person. But this just blew my mind of how much love. And then I thinking, oh my God, I'm a part of this love and it's a part of me. And it was glorious, just this glorious, transcendent, beautiful, back in your mother's arms, kind of total safety, total expanded, total let go, total everything. And then I looked down and I noticed I don't have a body. I'm going, oh my God, I don't have a body, but yet I still exist. How can that be? And my mind was just blown at that time. It was just like, <gasps> but it was, it was kind of, it kind of scared me for a minute though, because, you know, and then my whole, my whole mind just opened up. That's when everything just opened up. And, you know, I just saw everything became one with everything, became one with everything, all of it, all of it, me, I'm it, it's me, it's, I'm existing and I'm, and I'm not on earth and I don't have a body. And I didn't think anything like that, but I just became one with it just ching, you know, one with all of it. And then in a second, I'm up on a spaceship. Right. You know, so many NDEs say that I became one with everything, but I really, you know, you, when you take, when you talk about the love, you take me there and I can feel it like I can swim in that love. But when you say I became one with everything, I have a concept of it. I have a memory of it but I don't really have the experience of it. I think that I hope we don't have to die to experience that. I, you know, it'd be lovely if we all had that experience while we're in body being one with everything. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I I think for me, I meditate. I try and meditate an hour every day Mm. and that's been my way to have the key to be in between the worlds. Mm. And I think that's, and when I'm in meditation, I go there. And Mm. I think by me telling my story, other people can go there as well. Just yeah. by hearing my story in meditation, they can go there as well because I'll show it as a, you know, cause we talk not only in uh, voice, but we also talk in pictures. And so yeah. I can show you a picture and you can go into that picture and be one with it as well. So exactly. I'm just, a, you know, it's just a key, I guess, yeah. <laughs> to it. So you're up on a spaceship. What are you yeah. looking at when you're in a spaceship? Well, I had never been on a spaceship before. I'm in the 70s. Not that you had remembered. Yeah, right, that I had remembered. That's very true now. Right, right, right. 1989, you know, and um, it was all rounded corners. The lighting was soft uh, but bright at the same time, a different kind of a light there. Um, I was in the middle of a room and what I liked about it, you'll, you'll appreciate this. No dust anywhere. <laughs> you got me, girl. You know, yes. <laughs> no cur- no, no dust. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just this clear, beautiful, and the smell, I remember the smell was a beautiful kind of a sweet smell there too. And everything was very austere and soft at the same time. So um, everything was smooth surfaced, uh, you know, nothing out of order, or out of shape. And I was in the middle of a room and kind of sitting in a dentist-like chair, looking right. back, you know, and both my feet were up. I was very comfortable. My, so it looks kind of like now, like a jump seat, you know, right. uh, now after all my studies from all of it over the years, but I was the only one in the room at the time. And, but I wasn't afraid. I was totally calm. But I did think, oh, 
you know, here I'm a girl from Earth, and what am I doing here? You know, I'm not, you know, uh, it's, I'm in a new place, but I didn't get afraid. And right when that started to have a little bit of any kind of a negative, in come this huge being, a tall with uh, white robes, big square shoulders, big hood, and he kind of floated towards me, but he, you, you couldn't see through him. He was, I could see him just as clear as could be. And, and I could touch him if I wanted to, but he came towards me and, but I couldn't see his face at all. It was dark. So I never got to see a face, but he telepathed to me. And it's the first time I had ever telepathed that I could remember too. And he said, um, hello, welcome. And um, I'm, you may call me the guardian. So I called him the guardian and he says, I'm here to help you um, meet and talk to a group of people. And uh, that's my job. And I said, okay, well, that sounds great. Okay, I'm, I'm good with it. Let's do it. You know, kind of like that. Um, but he made me feel, he felt like um, uh, very highly intelligent, very highly sophisticated, uh, very, not in control, but where he uh, had a demand of respect and honor and dignity and just like an ambassador, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, like that. And so he was there with me to make sure that I was okay with everything and that I didn't have any fear. Because I do feel that the moment you have fear, they don't want to create any kind of uh, karma and there's rules that they have to play by if they are going to intercept. So, um, so then he showed me, just like moving his arm, um, a glass wall lit up and behind the glass wall were about, I say 10 to 14 beams. I don't know. I didn't count them. I wish that I would have, but they all have the same uh, matching robes on and I can't see their faces. And me being me thought, oh, they must have got them on. They're all wearing the same robes. That's kind of weird, you know, but um, I, cause I do have the humor thinking they must have got them on discount or something. I don't know, but that's what I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> You know, I know from an artist eye, it's like they all have the same robes on. What's up with that? But there were fat ones and there were tall ones and there were skinny ones and they all had different personalities and they would talk amongst themselves telepathically. They would come to a decision and then their one person would talk to my guardian and then my guardian would talk to me. And I felt like they were behind glass. It felt like they were at a different vibration, a different whole different thing going on, you know, where they had to, they couldn't come to me direct now looking back because I think it would have fried me totally, you know, uh, on all my jets. But so they needed an intermediary to uh, be able to be with me to get what I needed to get, whatever that was. So, yeah. So it was pretty, so that, that was pretty cool. And then they sent me to, um, they started showing me experiences. That's how they taught me, was through experience, not by teaching me. But what happened was a door opened up, a window opened up, and the, the window uh, from it came a holographic image of our Mother Earth. And it was huge. And I saw her and she was so beautiful. And I looked at her and I noticed that she was alive. Our mother earth was alive and I was a part of her and she was a part of me. And the thought of that, I just started burst into tears. Mm -hmm. I had never thought of her being alive. This was back in the 
89. You know, I just, I was an organic gardener, vegetarian at the time, all that, but not like this degree. And our hearts became one and, and they intertwined and my heartbeat and her heartbeat were the same. And we're like that with everyone. Our earth beats at our heartbeat level. We're, we're one and, and there's this beauty and this um, natural organic uh, love and relationship that's there for us and that she's, she needs us, we need to take care of her, that we are uh, her children. And she just, I had never thought of her like that before. And they said, well, you need to take care of her because she's important and she is our, our jewel in the, in the uh, cosmos and um, mm. you're the caretaker. So, you know, like do your job, okay, please, you know, so do your job. Don't take her for granted. Don't destroy her. Don't, you know, her, her breath is your breath. Her heart is your heart. So um, that's why we're here. That's part of why we're here. So they showed me that. And so then I went, from that whole part, then I, in a second, I was flew out of the spaceship and was with the Guardian. And then we flew over these hills and valleys of green forest, just like, like an airplane, an aerial view. But I'm flying kind of like, reminding me of Peter Pan, you know, when he takes them out, it's kind of like that. And I'm looking at these forests and these beautiful forests and there's no people there. There's no buildings. It's just natural green forest of the most technicolor green, emerald greens, and all the shades of greens that I could possibly imagine, plus some that I didn't know existed. And, and then I became one with the green of the, the nature of the forest, and it opened my heart. I was going through a divorce at the time, so okay. it just expanded and healed my heart, and greens, the color of the green chakra, the heart chakra, and I learned all this later right? Yeah. And I didn't know any of that at the time. And so my heart just burst open and um, in joy and in, in love and, you know, an energetic dynamic of, of what's available to us. And um, all my dreams could come true. You know, I just, I just got to make them all happen. They're, it's all there for us, you know? So, so I'm in this and then I go the third station so it's like a third uh, experience and I find myself going up these alabaster lit stairs and around is a Greek columns of Greek columns beautiful white Greek columns I'd never been out of the country before since and I've traveled the world and I've seen something similar in Thelos in Delphi in uh, outside of Athens there at a temple. And so I go up these steps and there's a round column of these huge uh, columns of, of um, I don't know if they were Corinthian or what kind of columns they were, but these Greek columns. And it's floating in the middle of space and in between the columns are all the stars of the cosmos. So I'm floating in this temple this Greek column of temple and I go up and there's a group of beings still in the same white robes that can't see their faces. They break their, uh, their circle and I come into it and I hold their hands and I become one with their energy field. Just like as soon as I touch it, I'm in. And what they're focusing on is something in the middle, which is on a, it's on a column and on the column is this foggy-like stuff. And then in that is a holograph of the earth. And what they tell me is their job is they're called the watchers. 
and their job is to watch the earth and to protect her. And they've been here forever. They will be here forever. They're not going to let anything happen to her. That's their job. And I'm part of them. That's part of my work somehow. And so I'm getting so much information about all this as you're talking. Uh, it's like, um, it's like the watches are mother Gaia's spirit guides. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like we have angelic spirit guides and, and guides and angels looking yeah. after us while we're physically incarnate. It's like they're her guides, her watches, her guardians, her guides. I don't know. I, there's, you know, words fail us. Um, okay, keep going. So, okay. <laughs> so I'm with them and, and as I'm with them, they have kind of a little bit of a guttural sound to them too. It's all telepath, but it sounds kind of like a Tibetan chant, you know, like that old, like that. And they're kind of like with that and the energy raises and it just expands. And, and again, where we just see the, our earth there and how beautiful she is and, how important she is. I had to get before I left how important she is. Do you get it? Like, yeah, I got it. She's like really important. And she isn't just a nothing. Go ahead. Let's just have a little talk about that because um, I've, I've posed this question many times and I'm just getting downloads of information about this. Like why is she so much more important than any other planet? Like there are trillions, billions, trillions, gazillions of other planets out there, right? Why is she so important and what i'm being told is her her diversity her natural diversity it's like it's unlike any other planet there's teeming with this enormous variety of life teeming unlike any other planet so she is a jewel yeah yeah but go on sorry and 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 the love see she has she's a love a loving planet she yeah. has so much love and we're a microcosm of her yeah see so if we can love ourselves as much as we can love her she's she is if she's special then we're special see if if she's makes such a big difference then we make a big difference yeah. we're here to make a big difference all yeah. of us. It's not like we're here just taking a vacation. We're here for a reason and wake up and get, get going on it. Okay. And that's kind of what they told me. They go, look, Barbara, you can, you can hang out and be with your kids and swim and do your, but, but there's something bigger going on. If you just put your head up and take a look and take a feel. And, and if you can step into her and walk into the earth, she gives you so much of, I built a strong relationship with her right after I had this experience. I uh, had the um, great honor to work with a Native American Indian chief, Richard Sparrow Eagle. And I feel like since spirit took me so far out there in the cosmos, it was equally important to bring me back down into the earth, into her, and have a relationship with her that's real and profound and organic and juicy you know shall we say and so i was able to learn their traditions and and develop a relationship with her more than i ever knew was possible and so so but at the time i was just a beginner i was a baby and so all of this was new to me you know with having a relationship with with our mother earth and then also with yourself and then first yourself and then your community 
your family, you have a relationship with your family, and then with your community, and then with your country, then with the world, then with the cosmos, and then's where it really gets exciting, you know, where we can be interplanetary and, and you know, have no boundaries. We've no just boundaries. been oppressed and brought down and said, this is who you are. Well, that's not who we are, okay? That's a little aspect, and I'm not buying any of what's been told. And so when I came back, I always had a lot of energy anyway, but when I came back, I had some work to get done, some things to do and people to see and things to okay. change. Well, let's just finish the experience. So you're, okay. with, you're with the watchers mm -hmm. and they said, you're one of us, mm -hmm. which is amazing in itself. <laughs> and, and what happened after that? Well, they did say I could come back in meditation whenever I wanted to, that they would always, I would always have access. So, and then the next moment I'm walking with my guardian and this, uh, looks like a Victorian house without furniture, but it's at a huge party and the, the walls are a hundred feet tall and it's a solarium on the top. It's opened up and you can see all the stars. There's jazz music playing and there's all these dignitaries and people dressed up. They're having kind of like a party. And there's, uh, I, the only, and I was real important for me to remember exactly what happened. And one of the beings looked like an elephant, a pink elephant. I swear, one was a pink elephant. One kind of looked like Jeeves with white hands that introduced me to people. And uh, no one ate anything, but they did drink liquid, different colored drinks from liquid drinks. Um, and so my guardian introduced me to different people. I remember kind of an admiral looking guy. I remember his square shoulders. And what they would do is they would say hello to you in a slight bow. I kind of learned it. And they did say, they go, oh, we really love your smile. And I'm thinking, oh, thank you. I, I look down. I still can't see my body. I can't see anything of me. I only see them. And, they, and I think, okay, if you can see my smile, then I guess, you know, it's, you can see it, but I can't see it. But yet I could see everyone there, which was still an interesting perspective for me. And when I met uh, the different people, there was one in particular, he was kind of looked like Theodore Roosevelt with the little monocle kind of uh -huh. a dude, kind of looked almost like a teddy bear at the same time. And he, he said hello to me and he actually spoke to me and I actually spoke back to him, but I felt like he was studying me like something out of an old book that he had studied. And he was so excited to see a primitive, you know, uh, primitive earth person there, yeah. you know? Okay. So when you said he spoke to you and I spoke back to him, mm -hmm. okay, you're not wearing a body, so you don't have a voice box, but the communication between you was different was different than like yes. receiving it mentally. You yes. felt like you were having this speaking yeah. conversation. Yeah. So, yeah. It, okay, like what I'm getting about this is it, was, it would be as if he met someone from another country and he's speaking your language. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And he was having so much fun with it because he had, you could tell he, had, he was a scholar or something, he had studied. It, and so it's really right. fun for him to see it actually in real life. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I got that from him. And so, so we're with all this group and I just was having the best time learning how, um, and they said that it was an ambassador party and they were there uh, representing their uh, world's countries. It wasn't countries, it was more like they were oh. representing their worlds and they came there to uh, find solutions to uh, difficulties or problems and to plan the future so that right. their 
you know, all of that. It's such an important, I felt really honored to be there to see all that was happening there. And I didn't want to go and the guardian would just swoop up next to me and he'd kind of give me that look, even though it was like this, you know, I space astronaut in these white robes and this white hood, but I still could never see his face. And he would just swoop next to me and I go, oh, it's time to go. And I really didn't want to go. So from there, then I went up and we spiraled up and around and then I'm floating in stars. I'm just floating in nothing black stars everywhere. I'm just floating there and having the best time kind of swirling around and dancing. And that's when the goddesses came and they were all in these beautiful uh, jewel tones and lapises and turquoises and golds and uh, they had some of them had harps and instruments and uh, they had beautiful jewelry and they looked like waterhouse paintings the goddesses from waterhouse paintings and and I'm with them and they only telepath but the way they telepath they do it only in tones with me so it's just these beautiful celestial tones uh, I have an artist I like Hauser I don't know if you know him, but he's a beautiful cello player. And it is just, it, you're in heaven. It's just ecstatically blissed out with these women who are toning like sirens from mermaids from the sea, you know, like that. And, and I'm with him. And they told me their work with me was to find my voice. And so they would just tap me gently here. And, um, and so I did find my voice. I go, oh, I can't sing like you guys. And what I found was my voice was very deep. And again, it's more like, a, more like the Tibetans. Like that, you know, it's very low. Uh, an alto, an alto, not a soprano. And so they taught me my voice and I got to learn my voice and I found it. And just as I did that, the guardian came and said, it's time you need to go back. I go, oh, no, I don't want to go back. I'm having mm. a great time. He goes, well, what about your children? I go, oh, my children. Oh, my God. How about that? I have three children. <gasps> like that. And I go, oh, but my children will be fine. They'll have their own destinies. They're totally handled. They have, their, they have everything they need to get what they need to do. And that's not like me. I'm a real fierce mama, you know? And so, um, and then he goes, but your children. And then I go, oh, yeah, I, I got to go back because they, we were going through the divorce and they really needed me to da 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 da. And so I, as I go back, then I were in the, uh, I'm hovering over a hospital and I see my best friend at the time, Cindy meditating. And I go, what is she doing in the hospital? And then I look down, I go, oh, who's that in that hospital bed? And I look down, I go, oh, that's me in that hospital bed. I go, but I didn't freak out or anything. It was just a real, oh, that's me in the hospital bed. I'm thinking, well, you don't look so bad, but you do look a little puffy, you know? <laughs> and so I'm seeing my body. And, and so then that's when the guardian pulls me back and he says, you know, it's time for you to go back. And I go, look, if I'm going back there, I'm going to need some real help. And um, so, uh, you know, can you give me something to help me when I go back there? And he says, well, uh, I give you the gift of white light. And I said, white light, that's all you're going to give me after everything I've been through. That's all you're going to give me. And I throw a tantrum like a little 10 year old because I really wanted something substantial. Now I know what light, white light is. At the time, I did not know what he was gifting me. And I just threw a fit and he thought it was the funniest thing. <laughs> and I, You know, he did. He was like, 
what? And so then as I, I go, okay, thanks. And so I go start to go back into the body and he goes, wait a minute, Barbara, Jean, come up. And so I came back up and he said, we have a mission for you if you would like to take it. And I said, sure, what is it? Without thinking. And he said, we'd like for you to be an ambassador. I go, sure. And as I'm starting to go back to the body, I'm thinking, okay, an ambassador must be an ambassador of the arts, an ambassador of love, an ambassador, you know, of creation, ambassador for healing arts. I, you know, I'm thinking of it. Mm -hmm. So then I go to acclimate the spirit, the spiritual me into the body. The body's really dense and I start to acclimate down into it with all the white light and I just totally envelop the whole body with the essence of that. And then I sit up, take my first breath and say, I'm starving. I want some nachos. <laughs> <laughs> nachos, there with the nachos. There's again. the nachos. And so my <laughs> friends that were there, they thought I would be, you know, they had already, I already had a last rites given to me. Wow. And my parents and my family were there on a, a vigil, a prayer vigil. And if I came back, the, I had lost a lot of oxygen. And so they... Uh, said I probably would be a vegetable, but they had prepared my family for the worst. And uh, when I came back, I was a total miracle. I totally, you know, was 100% fine. And 10 days later, I could go back to work like nothing ever happened. But everything, my whole world changed irrevocably forever. So... <laughs> story, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> there's so many there's so many questions that i raised during that story uh the first question was who was that being that said i'm gonna well, kill you yeah i just had a it's took me you know a good year and a half to acclimate and it's taken me kind of my whole life in a way to acclimate still what happened and so i just had a, a reading with barbara lamb and mm -hmm. uh a yeah, or a hypnosis thing. A hypnosis with yeah. her. Right. And yeah. so we traded. I did a reading for her and she cool. did it. And we're friends and I just love Beautiful. her. Yeah. And, um, and in fact, we're looking at doing a crop circle tour this summer together. And so I, am, uh, I did it. And what we found out is what I saw was I had had a past life with that Egyptian being. Yes. And what it showed me was that uh, the past life that we went into was him coming... I'm with a group of my people, my people, I was the leader and all my people, I told them that they were coming in to be prepared for them. And when he came off the spaceship, he was about 18, 20 feet tall mm -hmm. with all of his big people. And they had kind of an Anubis head like on him and they had these machines and they just killed everybody, me everybody they came off and just slaughtered all of us without thinking okay so and they were malevolent uh, et beings yeah uh yeah. that that look like what the egyptians per, uh, perceived as gods yes and you said they look like anubis okay what yeah. i got when you were telling that was that when he was trying to kill you in this life it was happening in that life like at the same time yeah, it was like he was trying to destroy you, not in just in that time frame, but in all other time frames yeah. where you would elect to be of service. So not every life, but just the lives where you... So what I'm saying is not every life, not just on Earth, 
but the life on earth where you would elect to be of service. So as you were telling me, I'm like, he's, he's not killing her in this life. He's trying to kill her in that life. That's what I got. Yeah. 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 I, thanks for that. It's, it's a, so there's a timeline thing going on, right? And yeah. so he's still, so he's just doing his job, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just following orders. Yes. Yes. But he's a multidimensional being. He, you know, time is of no consequence to him. Right. Right. Which it is to us. It's like, yeah. It's all about, yeah. Changing uh, that perspective. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Fascinating. So Another he, thing. Mm -hmm. uh, go ahead. Here, I just, when she told me that, it was so clear, you know, and she was blown away and I was blown away when we're going through all of it. Okay. Hang on. When you say so when she unexpected. told you, when Barbara, so you're under hypnosis, so you're right. revealing this under hypnosis, right? Right. Right. So when you say she told you, it was you telling you, it was like you're right. higher self, subconscious yeah. telling you. Yes. So yeah. no, afterwards, I'm sorry, afterwards we talked about it. Oh, you know? when she told you when you talked to her. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right. yeah. So it was... What else uh, did she reveal or you reveal? Well, that's the only thing, you know, we tried to record it and it didn't record on my side or her side. Oh, she, I know, but she did take notes and, um, and she is writing her book. I think it'll be in her book. I, I, I actually have her on my list to talk to her again about it, but yeah, that's, that's the only thing that I really remember. Well, there were a couple other things, um, that <laughs> someone's I've never told anybody this before. What we found out is that while I'm here on earth now, I also have a body that's in Stacy's, I guess you call it. Um, in a, on a ship right that's in being taken care of right and that being is my uh other dimensional my ship being or my other being yes. that's yeah who I am. that's really me but i'm also me here as well at the same time so it's like bi-locating at the same time oh definitely like we are multi-dimensional it's yes, crazy it's crazy how many me's there are like, is, there are it's true it's really true and so that was really kind of cool to see that i'd always kind of felt that and you know i was at a conference um i i host the cosmic cafes at contact in the desert here in the united states every year and and uh, a friend came up and and a new friend and he says i have to tell you something he goes i that's what's good about telling your stories he says by you telling your story he goes i i see myself on a spaceship and I, right. when he told me that at the same time i go well that's really interesting but it didn't click but after i had that experience with barbara then everything started clicking you know where you're putting another puzzle piece together and i think also i went to egypt twice i had to go to egypt to really conquer my fear because you know i number one as when i'm allergic to cats and so egypt is like full of cats you know and 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 to go there and be a part of that as well so um and to have my whole Sekhmet experience there and write about that later. But um, it was uh, afterwards, it took me a long time to acclimate all the information that I received <clears throat> from the near death. So you die in 1989, you have this experience. And then you see Barbara how long ago? Like just, just recently, just yeah. recently. So just it's been three months ago. It took so, me that long. Right. So you've been putting yeah. all these puzzle pieces in play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another thing I got when you were speaking, mm -hmm. which people will think it's like, uh, when I say what people will think, when you 
died, like when you left your body, you went to a spirit realm mm -hmm. and the guardians showed you it as a spaceship because they yes. were giving you a message of what you've just told us. So they were trying to tell you who you are by creating the environment of the spaceship, right? But in that moment, you're actually in a heart, like a, a spirit realm. Um, and, and the guardians are your kind of spirit dude guys, you know, like yeah. they're not ETs. They're my family. Probably. Yeah, they're not ETs <laughs> as such. They're not embodied in an ET, denser ET body. They're, yeah. they're beyond that. So uh, I'm getting that they don't, show you their faces because they don't really have any faces <laughs> i agree i agree I, I think their they their uh vibration is so high and so light that they just really showed me that because that's my comfort zone in a way well exactly good the know? robe thing is like okay yeah. we're dudes we're you know we're beings but we're yeah. light beings yeah. we're spirit beings yeah, but we're going yeah. to appear with some sort of came up. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. just came up. <laughs> yeah, and I just, I had met them before this, though. Um, when I was in sixth grade, I write about that in my book. And uh, when I was going to go speak on the stage there at the school, and I didn't want to do it, but when it, you know, they go, you're going to go do this. And so yeah. I'm nervous. And to my right comes this group of beings in the big white, uh, shoulders, long robes, big hoods, never see their face. And they said, how would you like to, in a time future, speak to, um, you know, thousands of people and offer inspiration and hope? And I said, oh, yeah, I'll do that. No problem. And they said, there's, but you won't get paid for it. And I said, oh, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> how old were you six? 12 i was 12. 12. okay so you were money conscious <laughs> yes and i said my family's too poor and and i would they would i would really need to make some money for my family they're really poor and they just laughed and i just laughed but i agreed and so they were there then and so these were the same group when i went through my near death and they were there to help me you know i am protected and we're all protected and um yeah just yeah. this money thing, you know, we get so deluded by the money thing. The money thing on this planet is a construct that has been invented by fear mm -hmm. and limitation lack. and lack. Yeah. And we yeah. get, I have been so swept up in the money thing, you know. Yeah. And my guides, you know, when we call out to the guides, help me, help me, send <laughs> some money, I want to be rich, you know. <laughs> they don't give a rat's ass about the money. They're like, oh, just shift your vibration. You know, stop calling out for money. Just change your vibration from lack to support. And really that's what they're showing us, that they're here supporting us. Stop feeling unsupported because that's what the money thing is, right? I don't have enough money. Right. right. And, and we always get what we need. It's funny Absolutely. how that works, you know, how it works in a a weird wild way to where it'll just come out of nowhere, you know? And, um, and yeah, I have never charged for any of my speaking engagements. I've never received a dime. I never will. And, you know, and I had a healing center for eight years, Casa del Sol. And I, um, I never charged anything for any of any of the work that we did there. So my whole life has been like, that. I do charge for readings now, but that's different. And so I just was asked to speak, uh, but it would be speaking on something else. And 
I haven't decided yet. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I, since I had that, it's everything been totally cool. No, I was tested. I had to go in and I was tested and put in the fire many, many, many times and learn how to be with myself and who I was. And so I could find my center. So when it got knocked off, I could get back up and be right back in that center again. And, and become, you know, aware of how it all works here. It's like, yeah, I did come from another planet. And we love each other. We honor each other. We, you know, we help each other. We're down for each other. And we're, you know, thought goes, energy flows, and we're aware. <laughs> so I had to learn all of those things. You come from a place where, you know, unification is the normal, not the separation that we experience, where, exactly. you know, you and me and I and you is just part of our, part of the, when I say our, collective consciousness, not yeah. like you're you and I and me. It's like we are one. And so yeah. that's just what you've come to show people. Um, okay, so... You said to me when we were having a chat the other day that you reached out to Michael Tamora like when you were young for a reading. Yes. So you're what, in your 30s, young mom? I was 37. I was one of the older ones at the Berkeley Psychic Institute. Right. Psychic Institute there. Okay, so you met him at the... Where, right, okay. And yeah. uh, so it must have been just after your NDE, right? Exactly, it was during that, right afterwards. Right, right afterwards, after. Where and I went to him for a reading. And, and so for people who, you know, Michael tomorrow was someone I had on the show recently and we had such a hoot. You've got to watch that show. So many aha moments. And he said to you that you're more galactic than human, right? Yes. Which yes. you as a young mum, like, uh, not, doesn't compute. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So where are you from? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people ask me that. And I had some readings where someone said I was from the Pleiades from the Targeta system. Right. And then I had um, someone say, well, I must be uh, from so Pleiades. I act like a Pleiades because I'm up, I'm happy, I'm positive, all those things. But I think I'm a nomad, galactic yeah. nomad. I think from what my sensitiveness is, I'm on a spaceship and we get to go wherever we want to go. And we get to go down like to the earth for a while we get to shake some things up and get every, you know, change things and have some fun with it. And then once things start to even out, then, then I'm back on the ship and we go somewhere else, you know? And I think that's where I am. I think we go wherever we want to go. And I've kind of done that on the earth too. I've traveled the world since then. I've been to a lot of the sacred spots all over the world. I've been really fortunate and, and, um, and I've moved all the time. And so where is my home on the earth? I think it's everywhere. It's like I I feel comfortable living in two or three places at once, you know, still. Mm -hmm. So have I, I haven't really found, I loved Hawaii. The Big Island was mm. where I really found where I felt the goddess presence there. Uh, I love Europe. I love Scotland. I found since then I did my um, um, ancestry and I'm uh, a 13th great great grandfather was Robert the Bruce from Scotland. And so I have like the Royal blood on that side uh, from me. And I didn't know. And then I have Irish and then I do have Choctaw Native American Indian blood, which I had no idea. Cool. So, but, but I don't think I'm any of those. I'm just, you know, I'm, I, we all have red blood. You yeah, know, we all have energy having a physical experience of who you are. So who we all are. But uh, yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you a question. I've just lost it now. Uh, oh, yeah. Have you ever been down under? 
I have not. And it's a place I want to go for sure. In fact, I, if you listen to a couple of my shows, I always say, I want to go to Australia. And I told my friend, uh, Mary Rodwell, Rodwell, Mary, get me over there. I want to come. I want to come and I want to speak. And I, and I want to, I want to, I want to uh, hang out with the uh, Aborigine. Yeah. I want to hang out with them and sit with them and just be with them and experience their knowledge and their relationship with the earth, you know, yeah. and just be a part of that would just be, that would be a dream come true for me. I would love to do that. So it's, it's on my list. So, and so Australia would be, I don't, I, I think also, and I haven't been there, but I just see like here in our deserts in Southern California, I lived in Palm Springs in the desert area with you. It's, I just see this expansion where yeah. you get to walk out and where, where you are in Australia, just, Oh, it would be so liberating. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, when I was in my thirties, I used to host the Academy of Light. We used to have teachers that came through every week. And a lot of them came from overseas and I used to um, facilitate them. And I talked to them about their experience of, you know, energetically feeling different parts of the world. And uh, what do you think of Australia? And so many of them said there's a freedom here that there's nowhere else. Uh, like because of the land mass and the small population and the lack of history, like we still have horrible histories, but not as much of it or um, as other parts of the world. Like the, yeah, there's a expansiveness and freedom here. And I think a many, many people are drawn here. They think they come because they've fallen in love with an Aussie <laughs> or they've got a job or they just they want to explore Australia but I think they're drawn here for their own expansion you know like yeah. they they come to a place where they can expand um yeah so energetically of our, my um like the old wild west you know like yeah. when, <laughs> when we came out here to the west my family were the first to come out and and it, for them it was like you know it was huge it was a huge uh wild expansive place to go where yeah. you had your freedom to express yourself and be who you are and find out yeah. who you are yeah exactly okay so where are we with the story um so you had to come back and sort of uh, you know you're a young single mom at the time were you a single mom when you had the ending how yeah. did what did you make of it when you came back into your body so you well when i came back into my body it, it was i was fried on the inside from all the electrical shots and uh five years later i did talk to the medical doctor who was on site happened to be there when i showed up and if he wasn't there i probably wouldn't have made that made it either because he happened yeah. to be an expert but um the electrical shocks in my body were, I still have a tree, kind of a tree branch uh, that comes down and over my shoulder and into my heart from where they put the defibrillators mm -hmm. on me. And um, so it took me a while. And even now I still kind of get a little bit of static uh, electricity or a static shock from it even 30 years later, every once in a while. But uh, what happened is when I came back is I had no filters and I had no social conditioning. Right. And so I loved everybody. Oh, I would just, and I'm still kind of like that. I'm much better than I used to be. I don't embarrass my children anymore. They're grown <laughs> adults, they're doing fine. But at the time it was like, mom, can't you just like blend? Can't you just go into the store and just behave? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm trying, I'm really trying. And people would come up and 
start crying or I would hug them and I go, your brother's going to be okay. Your uncle George will get through his surgery. You know, and so it was out of control healer, just right. out of control. And I could read everybody's mind exactly what they were thinking all at the same time. And just, you know, and till this day, I've been able to filter it all down and I can turn it on and off now like that. So, but it took me a long time to figure out how to do that. But, but at the time, and I still don't know it, but I can, if people come up to me and they're, oh, how are you? I can read what they're saying, but I usually don't without their permission. You know, usually, usually. <laughs> You know, <laughs> oh, no, I don't get people's permission. Um, <laughs> I think I wish I could turn it off more than, um, you know, I, you know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I, I, um, I was speaking to Michael about this too and, and it's sort of saying why. And he said, well, uh, you know, because you're really interested in people. And that's what, it's like when you're interested in something, you start to look into it, you know, whether it's, a piece mm -hmm. of art or a book or a person you start yeah, to yeah. see into them right and that's what yeah. I do and then I find myself going wow that's really fascinating I start to look inside them and then I think no pull back pull back pull back <laughs> yeah 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 and and I just I, but I think now that I've been doing it for a while it's just a sense of knowingness too yeah. right where it's really quick you can judge uh, a coyote from a thousand miles away, you know, it's kind of like that. But I had to go through a lot of life experiences to learn how to do that. But yeah, I can look at a person and do I read their minds? Not really, but I can usually tell. I have a sense about them now. You read their vibration. You know, yeah, what, just, you know where, where yeah. they're vibing, even when they're yeah. smiling at you saying, oh, yeah. good, you feel the vibe inside yeah. them. Yeah, especially at my family events, you know, where they're so nice to your face and then you can read them like, oh, man, she put on a little weight, you know. Kind yeah, of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or things like that, but... Yeah, um, yeah, criticism. I'm, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm a psychic for sure, you know, and, and when I started in 89 saying that it was not, you were like a, a, a harlotan, a zealot, a, a someone who's trying to take something from somebody and you don't have someone's best interest and it really had a really uh, bad uh, meaning to it for most people. But I just kept it anyway. I just said, this is who I am. And after I had the near death, I closed my art gallery. I divorced my husband. It became final. I finished my school at uh, Church of Divine Man, became a minister, and moved to Marin and dedicated my life to doing healings and readings for people. And I've done that for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't been easy. People think, and, and it's been amazing at the same time, right? But um, God, I'm hearing you. no wonder Kat sent this video to me. Like, I tell you what, you could be just talking my life in many ways. I can <laughs> see that. I don't I have the NDE, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but geez, you know, asthmatic kid. There was something else that you said too, like, oh, I had a furniture shop, like, you know, I had a furniture or interior designer. Yeah, yeah. I was in interior designer. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and in my 30s, started the healing thing and dedicated yeah. my life to the healing thing. And yeah, I know. Yeah. And now you've got your own radio show like me, like, hello. Yes. Yeah, 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 we are, we are. And I love doing the radio show. I love interviewing people. I learn so much. It's yeah. so much fun. And I never thought I could ever do any kind of, uh, you know, technical, anything 
I am definitely a right brain person. I am, you know, art, beauty, dance, music. Yeah, I'm there. But all the other, you know, know. uh, paying my bills on time, I'll do it, but I don't really want to, but I will, you know, kind of like that, you know, all that stuff. I just, you know, it's not that important. I do it, but it's, I have no, no, like Michael would say, no love or compassion or desire or I'm into this. I'm into it. I have the full enchilada of this experience, you know, and I'm, I'm loving it still till this day. So when you came back, who did you tell about your experience? Like, did you tell your kids? Obviously oh yeah. That- my, yeah. Yeah. My kids have been with me through the whole thing. Right. And they really was really harsh for them. And I got a lot of slack. They were teen teenagers. My son was 12. My daughter was 10. My other one was eight. And so I went through, they were going through, I taught uh, psychic classes for teenagers because, um, and I went and did a uh, firewalking and um, I had a client who was afraid to go herself. So, so she said, oh, would you take, I will pay for you to go. So, okay. When we got there, it was uh firewalking instructor school and all the people that had been there had walked on fire many times. I had never walked on fire. And that night we walked like a 108 foot fire, you know? And so I had to learn the hard way how to do all of that. But I am a, a, a quadruple Leo with the Pisces rising. And so I have a lot of fire and I built a relationship with fire and fire is my element. It really is. I, I'm maybe in my older age, I'm starting to understand water a little bit, but, but I'm definitely a fire person. But my kids went through all of it and they gave me the most slack at the beginning, but they also, I taught them how to ground. I taught them how to read. I taught them about their aura. I taught them all of those things to keep them safe because, you know, to keep them safe in the world because they're bright, shining like the sun. I wanted them to be expressed, but protected at the same time. So I taught them all of the tools to do that, um, whether they wanted it or not. Um, And then my one daughter that gave me the most slack about doing, she goes, mom, here's the deal. When the kids come over, you're a counselor, okay? And if they say anything, you're just just busy. I go, okay, I can do that, I can do that. Well, barely the kids would know. And um, so I said, if you want a reading from me, you have to call your mom. And I have to talk to your mom because you're below 18. I'm not going to do that without you. So then I would get the daughter to come over. Well, then the mom would drive the daughter, right? So I'd end up giving her a reading and the kid a reading. And, but my daughter that gave me the most slack, bring it on around. She's um, in her early 40s now. And uh, she just started doing readings herself. Oh, <laughs> I know. I know. My daughter was like that too. She was really resistant to my woo-woo ways until yeah. the secret came out and all her school friends started talking about the secret and they're like, really? You're into that stuff? Oh, well, then my mum's an expert. <laughs> you know, right? She went from embarrassed to... But um, she's, I still embarrass her all the time too, like oh, talking yeah. to everyone and hugging everyone and, and embarrassing her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So, so you must have been quite different, like quite a different person from pre-NDE to post-NDE. Like maybe you were a little bit more conservative and shut down and then you came back and you're open to the world. Yeah. So you keep, I, people must have noticed that. You know, it reminds me of Byron Katie's story when she had her epiphany, you know, her... I say that she had an NDE while she was in the body, you know, barring Katie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't, I don't. 
Oh, you don't know the the work of Brian Katie? Okay, so she's another teacher. And she, um, when she had this experience, she was like, she had no boundaries. And she used to walk down the street, walk into people's homes because there was no your house, my house. There was just like, oh, that's a nice house. I'll let me go and check it out. And people would come home and she'd be sitting on their couch and they'd go, what are you doing here? And she goes, oh, you've got a lovely home. <laughs> she had to learn to kind of find those boundaries I guess you did too like you had to learn to yeah and you know and I I I tried to keep my I think spirit gave me three kids so that I couldn't go way out there because being a mom and a single mom with three kids and (laughs) making ends meet and all of that you know that took a lot of my time in a way but I still did readings but um I I think I'd never really fit. <laughs> I just never knew it. And you know what's funny is when I had the aha moment, like, you mean not everybody loves me? <laughs> I just love everybody. You mean you mean? It was like it was like there's no Santa Claus for those that don't know. But it was kind of like that. Like, you mean not everybody loves me? Oh my God. It was like how it wasn't in my world, you know, like that. And I had to learn that, oh, yeah, not only are there people that don't love you, there are people that want to get you, you know. So just by being, it would upset someone. Just by walking into a room where you upset people, just yes. by walking into a room. Yeah. You don't have to do anything, but just be who you are. And they feel threatened by that. Yes. You know? And yeah. at first I tried to, you know, be very mindful, be very respectful, and be very aware. But now I walk in and I am who I am and I'm just, you know, I'm on and I'm I'm not looking for it. But if you want to go tay to tay with this, um, let's do it. You know, let's have it. Uh, And usually, but it's still in a loving way. Um, Michael and I spoke about this on on the Uh, show. You know, we spoke about um, how when you shine brightly, you know, and don't hold back, Mm -hmm. how it exposes people's hidden uh, drama, you know, and right, it threatens right. them. Yes. It really yes. threatens them because it, ex- yes. it the light exposes, you know, right. it, it uncovers the, right. like the, the, the fear, the drama, and they've got their mask on pretending everything's okay. And your light, it just exposes them and they feel threatened by you. And mm-hmm. yeah, we spoke about that and it's nothing to do with you. It's all about them. It's all yeah. about their drama. I mean, the fact that it's being exposed means that they can deal with it and stop pushing it down and sitting on it and trying to push it away and hide it. Right, so right. yeah, you're, you're healing people just being yeah. in the room. Yeah. People might not like it, but that's what's <laughs> Well, in, in the beginning, I would go out of my way to heal everybody. It's like, I, if I have a good cake recipe, I'm going to share it with everybody. Right. I'm not going to keep it all for myself. So I just want to share that with everyone. And that's what, that's what I did. And then I went to the point where we're learning how to work this and be in all of this. Then I had to learn, okay, I'm just going to be cool. I'm just going to be calmed down and I'm just going to let everyone, and I'm going to try and blend. I did go through that. That didn't work so well either. And then I went, okay, well, I'm going to shine on. And then it's, it had to be a black or white or me and them. And then I got to where, oh my God, I can just love everybody still. 
and they can just be who they are and be where they are at wherever level they're at and, and it's all awesome so that's kind of where i've been you know and that's where i'm at it's like oh i love that person even though you know blah blah blah, blah i can read all that and see all their stuff it doesn't matter I can yeah 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 just go to that love connection part with them and communicate through that so i can feel comfortable no matter if i'm in a biker bar exactly or, no matter uh, what that's yeah. as a as an empath and a psychic and and people that watch this show are you yeah. know you are the new world teachers that's the conclusion you have to come to you know when you can see people and you can see their drama and their trauma mm -hmm. and their fear mm -hmm. and their distortion it's not about judging it or criticizing it it's about loving it anyway yeah. It's like loving them anyway. Can you love, you know, one of my teachers back when I was doing energy workshops, um, courses in my thirties, she was a psychic like you and she was in this neighborhood and spirit started to show her people in her neighborhood, the man next door molesting his daughter and the woman cheating on her husband and the, 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 the Catholic, you know, the Christian, born again, Christian woman, like cheating and, you know, all this distortion just with all the neighbors around. And so she's got a, a horde of kids and she's like, I've got to get out of here, you know, because I'm living amongst all these crazy people. I've got to get my kids out of this. And then spirit came to her and said, you know, that's not why we showed you. Yeah. It, it's about being the healer and loving it. These are your clients. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not your for you family. to judge them. This is their family. family. Yeah, it's not for you to yeah. judge them and run away so your kids will be yeah. safe. It's for you yeah. to open up shop and do readings and help these mm -hmm. people. And I'll never forget that I'm this young, like listening to her tell her story going, <laughs> yes, 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 this is called unconditional love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Okay. So let's get to segment. Did I say oh. right? Oh yeah, Sekhmet. I love her. Um, and she's kind of been with me this whole time and I never knew it. That's the funny part. She had been there since my first breath, I'm sure of it. Um, I used to have all these, uh, and I'm being the Leo that I am too, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I went to Egypt uh, the first time and I was scared to go. But I went, it, it's like I woke up that morning, I was in meditation. It says it's time for you to go to Egypt. And I don't do everything my voices say. Okay, so yeah. you don't qualify that, you know. But I went, got online, boom, 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 and got tickets for my husband and myself and found our passports. And we were gone to Egypt in two weeks. And so when we're there, I'm walking into her temple and no one tells me about her temple. And in her temple in Luxor, uh, her particular statue has never been moved, okay? And she has priests that watch her and take care of her and guard her there. But I never knew that. And it's, it's important, you know, to know and uh, that, that she has, she is inside her cause, inside that statue. So I'm just minding my own business and I walk into a room, we have five minutes with her statue. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I walk in, and it's really dark, and I see her beautiful statue. I don't know if I picked this is it's not the best, but this is kind of what she looks like. She looks kind of fierce looking, you know. And um, so she's um, a, she's a humanoid, like woman's body with a lion's yes. head. 
Yes. Like the picture behind you for those people yes. on iTunes. Yes. Oh, yeah. There she is. Her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so she has a, a, a lotus staff in one hand and an onk in the other hand. And she's tall, slender, and there's this beam coming down over her. And I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, she walks out of the statue. Like you, like a third dimension out of the statue. And when she does that, she locks onto my eyes, right? Her eyes are red and they lock onto me. And she puts a circle of fire around us. And then um, she asks me to, she doesn't say anything, it's telepath. She puts down a golden stair, a small golden stair, and she points and I step on the stair. Then she puts around the fire, I'm sorry. Then she puts around the fire. And then the, after the fire, it floods with water, a dark water. And as I'm standing on it, I don't know why, but she did it that way. Um, she starts to telepath to me that I'm, a power, I'm powerful and not to hide from and not to run from it, but to, to remember who I am and that I've earned it. I've earned this power. I've earned this privilege. And basically stop being a wuss, you know, and behave, you know, like get your chops up and go for it, you know. But she tells me this telepathically. And when she does, my whole body starts to shake and I crack, I still have a crack in my tooth from the shaking, the vibration. Wow. Okay, okay, her. let me just get this right. So you're standing in front of a statue with your husband at the time. No, my husband's not there. Oh, who are you with? You said, just are my... you by yourself? I'm by myself, okay. yeah. And then yeah. you're having this experience, but if people were looking at you, they don't see that. They just see someone staring at a statue, right? Yeah, no one is in there but me All right. with her. Right, Yeah, yeah. So is it a physical experience or is it a psychic experience or both? It's a physical, it's a physical experience. And I wrote my book later because I found lots of people have had that experience with her. And... Uh, there's a doctor, oh, I wish I could remember his name, starts with a Q, has also had a very similar experience that, that I did. I didn't know that till later. So that was really cool. That so she had come out of the statue right. for him too and told him this kind of similarly the same thing. To remind you of your power. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and um, okay. And, and did you walk down the stairs? Well, then um, the, uh, so then the uh, water came back up. Then the fire went back up and then I stepped off the step and she put back up the stairs and she walked right back into the statue and was gone. That all happened in five minutes. Right. What's funny is Nikki, a friend of Nikki Scully was the psychic, uh, was the tour leader and she kind of knew something could happen, you know? And so uh, afterwards she helped walk me out and my husband walked me out and I cried for three days. I swear, I just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. And I didn't think there was going to be an end to it. Sobbed and cried. And I think I cried for, for the earth. I cried for all the things that could be. I cried for all the man's inhumanity to man. All that stuff I'd been, you know, carrying with me, this heavy burden that we carry here on the earth, you know, and I was carrying all that for the people. And, and about the third day, then it was gone. And it just lightened me up so much um, in so many ways. And how long ago did that happen? How long ago was this? Oh, gosh. It, that was in 2000. I should know. I'm not good with time. Uh, 2000 something. So, <laughs> it's in um, my book. So I don't know. It was, um, it was in the 2000s. Okay. Yeah. 
I think so who is Skekmet? Did I get it right? Wow. Sekhmet. Yeah, Sekhmet. 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 And she has quite a, a history. I went back the next year and I was scared to death, kind of, to go in there. And this time she just, she came back out again and she just kind of purred. She just kind of like, she was like so proud of me. And she just kind of did this purring thing. It was so beautiful. It was really, really beautiful. She was so proud of me. And then she walked right back. She kind of walked out, walked around me, and then walked back in. It was really beautiful. So where is so, this statue in Luxor? It's, it's in her mm. temple right in, um, uh, it's hard to, I can't really tell you, actually. Okay, people can, <laughs> can look it up online. You'll have All to right. look it up, yeah. Who is Sekhmet? Okay. Back in the day, and I'll try and tell her story um, and the best I can. And um, back in the day, Ra, and I, whoever, if you're Egyptian archaeologist and you know your stuff, you can, there's so many things wrong, but I'll give you the gist of it. That um, the humans were not um, being, um, uh, what do you call it? Kind of like not being good to the earth and to, to raw himself and to just being into this debauchery and this sort of thing. So much so he, he lost, raw lost his patience with the people. So he sit down, sent down his daughter, um, Sekhmet. And there's a whole bunch of different stories that she's part Hathor, part Sekhmet and a whole bunch, but we're just gonna stay with Sekhmet. Uh, Egyptians do that a lot. I love their work because you can be three things at once, right? And so Sekhmet comes down and she says, oh man, these people are so messed up. They don't, I, I just, she lost her, her uh, compassion for them. And she started to eat them. Once she started eating them, she started uh, enjoying the taste of their blood. So much so that she killed so many that they started asking Ra, hey Ra, your daughter is like, you know, like gone off the deep end. So what they did, they came up with this plan that they would pour beer and pomegranate juice in it and some herbs and hundreds of bats of it and pour it out on the desert floor so it looked like blood. So she started to drink that um, potion that they had made and it put her to sleep. So then when she slept, when she woke up, she became gentle and giving and compassionate. So you know what, maybe these guys aren't so bad after all, there is hope for humanity. And that's her story. And so she's not only a goddess of war, which she protects the, um, the emperors, the, um, the Nehru of, of, uh, of Egypt, the kings of Egypt. Uh, she also is the goddess of, of uh, childbirth okay. and uh, healing for women. Okay, so let's, she's a duality. She's a duality. Well, let's just talk about this in a way that needs to be spoken about. So humans look upon other races who have other abilities. They've mm -hmm. developed their other abilities as gods. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. in truth, we're all gods, right? We're all force energy having an experience, be it human. Be it. So she's an E.T., so she's yes. a extraterrestrial in that she yes. wasn't born on Earth. Uh, and she's come from wherever that place is where she lives, yes. whatever planet yes. or spaceship or dimension. Yes. Um, 
because of her dad, Ra, I suppose. Was it her dad? Uh, guardian. And um, to help humanity evolve and she's got impatience. So she wasn't too evolved herself at the time. Well, can't we all relate to that? <laughs> yeah. I kind of relate. There was a time in my life where I definitely related to that, you know. These bloody humans. <laughs> when are they going to get it? Let me eat them. <laughs> She's a lion. That's her nature, though. See? Yeah, okay. True. I was talking about that with Raphael Tamora, you know, we were talking about the animals and how yeah. the animals here on earth are on an evolutionary process, be it not as evolved as a human, but you know, the comments under that YouTube is like, what do you mean animals aren't as evolved as humans? People, right. don't, people don't like that. But then they're on other planets. The animals have evolved to be the major intelligent species. Yeah. The lion beings like Sekhmet. Yeah. So she's it's come nature. from a place where that animal body has evolved into this intelligent sort of humanoid and um and they've evolved beyond where the humans are at yeah. present. Yeah. So back in the day, um, you know, humans and extraterrestrials lived openly on Earth. Yeah. Right. And they still do. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess they do, but the, the, the most of humanity doesn't realize it. You know, most of humanity yeah, is under yeah. the hypnosis that, oh, aliens aren't real. That's just yeah. fantasy. You know, yeah. they're completely persuaded yeah. that that's their truth. And yeah. yet they walk amongst us like, you're one of them, honey. I'm, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, how's that? Let's wake you up with that one, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, look, Garnet tells a story of all of that. But anyway, um, so back then they were walking amongst us in their, in their ET body. Right. And so the Egyptians right. drew them, you know, dog head beings, uh, lion head beings, bird head beings, yeah. and called them gods because they had different abilities or right. they had. Well, they would appear to be like that, right? You know, like if, if these come down now and they have those abilities, you would revere them, you know, and you would probably be afraid of them at the same time. You know? Yeah. Well, I guess when you say you, not the people listening to our show, right, but right. the majority of the human population would be pretty freaked out because they're not listening mm -hmm. to you know your radio show or mine. Right. But the people that are wouldn't because it's becoming, you know, they're they're being reeducated. Yeah, reeducated, acclimated, and um, that there are other beings in the universe that don't look exactly like us. Uh, yep. So, so yep. if they come. Yep. You know, I'm looking at a person with a human body and a lion head. A lion head. Is that amazing? It's just amazing, isn't it? I just, yeah. it makes it so exciting. <laughs> so after she appeared to you out of the um, statue, did you take her home with you? I mean, was she talking to you in your head when you went back? No, to um, no she just kind of let me be. She just kind of let me be. But if I need her... Uh, what's funny is she comes to me in different ways. Like someone came up to me and gave me a statue of her right. out of the blue, yeah. out of the blue. Then I had like my, um, uh, my grandson, let's see if I have it right here. Um, I had given this to him when he was born and I didn't know it. Yeah. I don't remember buying it for him. And it's a, it's a statue of Sekhmet. 
Beautiful. And so he just gave it back to me because Baba, I think you're supposed to have this now. And he's 11. Oh. And I do not remember giving it to him. And so she's right there. But mainly she's on my right shoulder, you know, if I need her. When I, because you know, I'm an easy, easy nurturing kind of a person. It takes a lot to get me my my noom up, as they say in the uh, fire walking. You know, uh, the Aborigine really, when they get their noom up, their fire up, to be able to create something. Um, if I see injustice or something, it it takes me a while to get it up, uh, to to take the action in ways. Um, how do I put that? Um, I can do it in words. I like to write. I can do it in words that way. But for me, to, I'll think of 10 other ways to do it than to go right up to the person and say, you're really screwing up. You need to stop it already. And that's her way. And sometimes that's a perfect way to do someone is to just wake them up. You know, so just rule. Just, mm -hmm. yeah, just, just wake them up. You're being too nice about it. You know, uh, we don't, look, don't have you know. that much time. And Get on with it. Joe. I think I've got a bit of a roar too, but I've been vilified for my roar. Uh, so I've tried to soften it. Oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't we feel can... natural. But, um, but, you know, that reminds me of the scene in Bridesmaids. You know, that silly comedy uh -huh. movie, Bridesmaids. And yeah. the bridesmaid, who's the main character, is having a pity party and feeling sorry for herself and locked herself in her mum's place. She's got no money and her life's falling apart. And um, that fabulous comedian, what's her name? Uh, you know, the big girl, oh, you know, American I have comedian. no idea. She's yes, playing yes, a yes. role as, you know, one of the bright, she comes over, she's got all the puppies, like she's, <laughs> and, um, and the, the main character's having the pity party on the couch, and then this other character just slaps her upside the head and says, stop it, like she's roaring at her, right? Like, wake up, you know, and she, and she just like beats her, like she physically beats her up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that scene. It's like I do too. I do to do that with people. Like, yeah, come on, yeah, stop yeah. with the pity party. Wake yeah. up. Yeah, I, I think for doing like women's work too. I've done a lot of work with women to empower women, and part of that is we're told to just be nice and you know pleasant and and sweet and kind and quiet and you know all those things. When in reality, we really need permission to roar and roar. to to really let it rip and to find your um your voice and to let it happen and and let it go just do it and let it go whatever that is and however that feels and i think for me at the time i needed her i was in a really bad relationship and i needed her help to tell me enough already enough i'm enough of the nice being the nice person here i'm a nice yeah. person yeah. enough of being the nice person and and it was perfectly legitimate and needed to be said no more and set that boundary do the roar and out you go you know like enough already done and she really helped me and in in the book there's uh, several different people that talk about where she helped them get out of of uh, abusive relationships right. and uh, she works with women and she works with men there's quite a few men in this book too from um from all she, she's just here she's alive all you have to do is tap into her and she'll help you find your roar she'll help you you know get your uh noom up and uh kick some major butt in whatever area you need to do that you know so uh so wake up you know and segment will help you and you can call on her 
and it isn't a cult and it isn't um uh where i she hates it when you bow down to her she doesn't want you to bow down to her no she wants you to be in your power yeah and when you're in your power with her that's what she wants and then she she she's really cool i really like her and i'm really happy and um thankful to have her be a part of of my walk here on the planet <laughs> you know she's like i got it right there you know she's like don't mess with this woman because we will kick your butt you know <laughs> if, if need be <laughs> i guess that's the message isn't it that of the now moment as opposed to the egyptian like the historical moment mm -hmm. because humanity in their excuse me in their delusion of fighting with each other and criticizing each other you know, we're looking at these ETs as gods and giving their power to the ETs and the ETs were abusing that power because I don't know why. Um, so the, they come because they could because <laughs> we're so stupid. Um, so, so it's come full circle where we're now reconnecting to our cosmic family mm -hmm. to see them as equal and teachers, you know, or guides rather than gods and not to give our power to them. Mm -hmm. but to allow them to guide us and help us to find our own power. That's mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. the, our own lore, if you like. Yeah, it is. That's, it is. Yeah. that's very well said. And, and she'll do it. She's not easy. So she's not all, you know, she will just take you down without a, you know, to the core, you know. And then the second time with me, she was just so sweet and kind and loving too. And I find that with my teaching, you know, I, I'll – however it gets done to get you to where you need to be if that's shake you up and take you out or love you in your arms so you cry yourself into your next level of who you are whatever yeah. that, that takes you yeah, know? yeah yeah either way it's good medicine you know yeah. it's the elixir of change and growth and transformation you know i'm just thinking about the raw uh, when annika was little and she was playing up and being rude and I'd sort of let her do it and think she'll get out of it. She'll snap out of it. She'll snap out of it. She'll snap out of it. And it was, and then sort of the abuse would start like, oh, shut up, mama. Don't do that, mama. You know, as kids do. And then I would just lose it and I would just roar. And I was like, you're not, you're not, mm -hmm. I've got to say, you mm -hmm. feel really empowered in those moments. And she mm -hmm. would completely shut it. Yeah. Then, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, mom. I'm so sorry. But that roar made her see who she was being. Right. And then she'd be an angel for a while and then it would build again and it would yeah. build so that she would start sort of yeah. being disrespectful. Yeah. still happens. But you know yeah. how that's – I didn't roar too many times. I do have a roar. Uh, but um, it's translated into you're always screaming at you, me. And so when I speak to her like I'm speaking to you now, she hears me yelling. Oh. So it, it's, it's not really sort of worked very well. She's got to work through that one. but. Yeah, well, um, yeah, you might tell her that's her problem. When she can deal with that and she has that handled, she can come back and have a conversation with you. Yeah. The amount of times she says, stop yelling at me, stop yelling at me. And I'm like, I'm not yelling. But she's hearing, you know, she's hearing the screaming. I think that what she's hearing is her own being screaming at her. Wake up! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and you can also say, hey, you listen to me. I'm your, respect me, I'm your elder. Yeah, you don't listen to me. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. He doesn't. She doesn't. You know, it's this. Yeah. I don't know if it's like with your kids. Yeah. This interplay between um, I'm the boss. No, you're the boss. No, I'm the boss. No, you're the boss. It's like that taking 
that independence and not needing yeah. mom to guide you oh, or heal you. Or, right. But then coming when you're in that confusion and saying, yeah, Can I have your help. And then you, yeah. you help them and then they say, but I don't need your help because I've right. got all the answers. So exactly. Exactly. Well, they have to kind of loop out a little bit to find out who they are because you're a powerful, amazing, independent goddess and you've taught her how to be like that, right? Mm -hmm. You're doing an amazing job. So it's a reflection of you. So she has to go kind of out of that to find out who you are. Both my daughters did this and I took it personally like, oh my God, what have, what have I done? I'm like losing my kids, you know, my yes. da -da -da, you know? Yep. And, and what happens, I just kept the door open. I just yes. listened, I kept the door open, kept the door open, right. and then they all spiraled back in, thank God, yeah. you know, but when they're doing that, you're thinking, you know, you know, <laughs> I won't tell you what you're thinking, but, but it's like, you know, it's out of your control, which it's supposed to be, but it's like, did I do something wrong? So then it's a great teacher for you to, to go in and clean all that up too. So. Yeah, yeah. Now, how long have we been going? We've been going for ages, about an hour and a half, I think, more December. Oh. Um, okay, so where are we in the story? So died, spoke to the guardians, the watchers, um, had a chat with Sekhmet, um, how many years later, like 10, 20 years later? Uh, 1989, so 2000, yeah, 2002, I think it was, or 2004. Oh, I want to go back and see her again. You want to go time. back and see her again. Yeah, um, what's the, what are the guides, like what message can you give our listeners from your mob? Your, like what's the most important thing? Keep in mind the people that listen to this show are people awakening mm -hmm. to their own mm -hmm. role here as watchers, guardians, teachers healers new world teachers and even if they think they're not the that's who i attract so people that are watching this show are those people okay um, what do you what do your mobs say to them what's okay. the message the message is go out and do what scares you the most right courage courage just do it just it'll be it. uncomfortable It'll be scary. It'll be awesome. And you might fail. Oh, yeah, well, so what? Well, let's hope you fail because you learn so much when you fail. Yes, you exactly. learn so much when you fail. And you get up and you just do it again. Yeah. But yeah, take the thing that scares you the most because that's what will keep you young at heart. It will empower your spirit and you'll meet such amazing friends and people that will change you and together you change the world so yeah. we'd be glad and do the scariest thing i try and do that as much as i can yeah <laughs> as much as i can as often as i can um to that's, keep me that's vital really, <laughs> I, I think we spoke about that when we were chatting the other day that's really the message of the line beings that are really prevalent on the planet right mm -hmm. now is for the new world teachers to give them that courage to be different, to be, to speak their truth, to talk about their alien abduction, to talk about their near-death experience, to talk about uh, crazy lion beings talking to them or dog-headed beings or they're communicating with the trees and the animals and the plants and, you know, like to just have the courage to be it, to speak about it, to live it, to teach it and not worry about the collective hypnosis trying right. to dumb you down all the time and put yeah. you back in your place. 
Yeah. And it will come when you start to do that, it will come and just give it, you know, like a, just take your hand and just move it out. And the native American Indians call it stinking thinking, because that'll come in. That stinking thinking will come that in and just thinking. take it out, open the door, shove it out and slam the door and continue on. Keep going. Go yeah. for it. Do it. You can, you can do this thing that scares you the most. It's so much fun. Oh, that's a beautiful <laughs> message for 2019. I know some of you will be watching this after the new year, but for those of you who are watching it, cause it'll come up next week, just before the new year. Um, yeah. 2019, do something that scares you the most. That is such a great message. That's <laughs> such a beautiful message. Oh, darling one, thank you so much for being on the show. Mm -hmm. And um, tell people where they can find you. I, I think I told them where to find your radio show. I think you'll have a few people calling up for a free reading. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. On the Cosmic Oracle Show, Revolution Radio, every Friday from 5 p.m. PST, Pacific Standard Time to 7 p.m., where listeners can uh, experience something beyond themselves. Uh, and they can obviously share their stories on the show as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a website. It's barbarajeanlindsay.com. Really easy. And uh, I have a Facebook page and a YouTube channel, the Cosmic Oracle YouTube channel. So uh, I'm here. <laughs> Dying, you're exactly like me. You've, you've gone crazy on the social media. When I first found you, I was like, let me look at her page and that page and that page and that page. <laughs> like me i've got like five pages <laughs> beings accentuate the radio positive media i've got the difference makers soul traveler radio you know i've got all these millions of pages peace day oh now love fest i know just too many things to do isn't there too many things wonderful thank you so much for having me i'm just really honored to be here thank you <laughs> thank you it's an honor to have you on the show and have a fabulous new year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you and to all your listeners. Well, wasn't that a lot of fun? <laughs> what did you think of Barbara Jean Lindsay? Isn't she fantastic? God, we had some laughs. She's just fabulous. I love her. We were just talking about contact in the desert and how she holds these cafes, these spaces, a bit like she does on her radio show, where people can come and share their stories. And um, she's saying, come, come next year. It's in May, I think, that they're having it, I don't know where, somewhere in America, uh, in the desert somewhere. And um, I was saying, oh, I probably won't get there. I've got a busy year next year. But then my guide said, you're coming. <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, you don't always have to listen to your guides, but they do kind of give you suggestions. But what she's doing, holding the space, like a safe space where people can share their stories, just beautiful, just beautiful an amazing being here on this planet, just amazing. Thank you all for uh, watching and listening again to another show, Accentuating the Positive, the last for 2018. I hope you all have a really fabulous new year. And remember the message from Barbara Jean is uh, do something that scares you. Have the courage to go out there and make it happen, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is. I know that you've got ideas bubbling away. I could put on groups, I could facilitate, I could heal, I could paint, I could dance, I could start seminars, I could speak, I could share my story. It takes a lot of courage to share your story. That's the message for 2019. I am the courage, I have the courage 
to really go out there and make it happen, do what I've been dreaming about, thinking about, mulling over, chewing over for years, some of you, for years. So I look forward to hearing how 2019 pans out for you and how that courage kicks in for you to share your story, facilitate some groups or go on a podcast show, start your own podcast show, write a blog, write a book, do a dance class, create a dance class, whatever it is. And uh, yeah, I haven't got anything else to say for this year. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, all that sort of stuff said that last time, but this will be after Christmas. And I look forward to seeing you in the new year, going on a bit of a holiday for the beginning of January. So no shows, first couple of weeks of January, unless I meet someone really amazing that I just have to put on. <laughs> trying to get away for a couple of weeks. And I love you all. Remember to buy the book, Awakened by Death, for your holiday reading. And uh, join our Inner Sanctum next year. We're going to be doing um, some more sort of structured learning about tapping into your intuition. I was talking to uh, Laurie about, you know, maybe sponsoring some remote viewing classes. But she's got all those classes online if you want to do some, learn about how to remote view. But, you know, expanding those intuitive psychic abilities that we all have learning how to talk to your guides, be more connected to your source, raise your frequency, expand your field, all that good stuff. Love you all. Bye for now.